pause to consider. The podcast where you put your busy day on pause to consider scriptural wisdom and encouragement on your walk towards God's kingdom. I'm so glad you could join me today. I'm Sam Taylor, here to get you thinking about the Word of God. Have you ever been hurt by someone or hurt someone yourself? Unfortunately, everyone gets hurt in time. A complication of these situations is when the one who caused hurt effectively dictates the terms of what makes things right for the one who got hurt. There are times where sorry just doesn't cut it. Communication can break down because one person's still upset, while the other gets frustrated because they think that they need to do more in order to make amends. The result is two people figuratively sitting in opposite corners waiting for their apology, like boxers in their corner after an intense round against their opponent. This problem isn't new. In fact, it's ancient. God gave laws about this at Mount Sinai, where the Israelites received God's law delivered through Moses. The chapter in question, Leviticus 5, deals with the trespass offering. This was an offering with similarities to the sin offering, yet instead of asking forgiveness for a wide array of sins, it was meant to teach those who violated the rights of man and God about reconciling with the one they've trespassed against. Take a listen to Leviticus 5, verses 14 through 16. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, If anyone commits a breach of faith and sins unintentionally in any of the holy things of the Lord, he shall bring to the Lord, as his compensation, a ram without blemish out of the flock, valued in silver shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, for a guilt offering. He shall also make restitution for what he has done amiss in the holy thing, and shall add a fifth to it, and give it to the priest. And the priest shall make atonement for him with the ram of the guilt offering, and he shall be forgiven. Concerning this principle of reconciliation with others, I have four points from those verses that are some of the components of the main principle. First, when someone has trespassed against you or you do this to them, it is not the right of the offender to decide what hurts the offended. This is illustrated in verse 15 when the Lord says to Moses, if anyone commits a breach of faith and sins unintentionally. Having no intention to hurt somebody doesn't mean the offender gets away scot-free. Listen to what the Lord Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, verses 23 to 24. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Notice how Jesus doesn't say anything about having a guilty conscience or a desire to reconcile. The catalyst is you remembering that someone has something against you. And by this verse, we see that God 
and Jesus Christ value righteousness and peace in his family over sacrifices. Second, when someone has violated your rights or you violate theirs, it's not about making things even, but about making things right and at personal cost. Case in point, in verse 15, the offering required was a flawless ram, which is the second most valuable animal behind the bullock that could be offered. To a local shepherd, this could be a devastating sacrifice, as the ram is what effectively continues their flock to grow. But unlike other sacrifices, there was no substitute if you were poor. If you've wronged someone, or if someone has wronged you, the offender must make it right, whatever it takes. Third, the trespasser does not get to decide what he must do to make amends. That judgment is God's alone. This is noted in Leviticus 5, verse 15, where it says the ram was to be valued in silver shekels according to the shekel of the sanctuary for a guilt offering. Now, what exactly is the shekel of the sanctuary? The societies in ancient history, and especially Israel, measured currency by weight on scales, rather than in bills or coins. Dishonest people sought to alter their scales to weigh in their favor. Yet in the temple, the scales were precise. Rather than allowing the offender to dictate his terms for reconciliation, and yet again oppressing the offended, God made a provision in the trespass offering, to demonstrate that true justice belongs to him only. As it says in Proverbs 16, verse 11, a just balance and scales are the Lord's. All the weights in the bag are his work. Nobody can determine what fixes what's broken but God, and we learn his judgment by searching the Bible for answers. Fourth, when someone hurts a brother or sister in Christ, it's not only a sin against the offended, but against God himself. A major component of the sacrifice was restoring to whoever was offended not only what they lost, but an additional one-fifth. Now, one-fifth can be expressed as two-tenths, a double tithe, if you will. It demonstrates an emphasis with one-fifth that truly everything we have belongs to God. And when we violate our brothers' and sisters' rights to serve him, we violate God's right to what he is owed. In addition, the principles of reconciliation involve an offering. Now, this doesn't go to the offended, but to God, as recognition that the offender has committed sin and needs to atone with God to continue fellowshipping with him and other believers. Making amends doesn't complete the process. Praying to God confessing your sin, and offering up yourself as a living sacrifice unto him is what ensures that the process of making amends is complete. For the offender to give more than he gained from his trespass shows us the relationship we have with God. When we sin against man and God, we've got to put real legwork into making things right, not just even. And when we brush off the feelings of others or ignore the word of God, we violate God's rights to us because he's purchased us with the blood of his son. Yet God in his grace 
has provided us a way back through Christ's sacrifice. During Christ's ministry, he never sought to abolish the law, but rather to elevate its principles. The law of Moses was never intended to be followed to the letter, but to be exceeded through love, because love has no law. Trying to follow the law is saying your handiwork is built up to code. But building up to code is just another way of saying we're doing the bare minimum required. If we are truly meant to go above the bare minimum, to exceed the principles of the law, with Christ as our example of love and self-sacrifice, how much further should we go than what we looked at today in reconciling not only with God, but with our brothers and sisters in Christ to make things not just even, but right, so that we can all live in harmony as a body of Christ with Christ Jesus our head. Thanks for spending your time with me today. If you like this episode, share it with your friends, family, and Ecclesia. Make sure to subscribe to Pause to Consider on Apple or your preferred podcast platform and follow the Facebook and Instagram pages for updates. If you have feedback, I'm eager to hear it. Email me at pause to consider podcast at gmail.com. I hope you feel more encouraged after this devotion. I pray that God continues to bless you until we meet again, whether it's in next week's devotion or in God's kingdom. God bless.